So in our meditation this morning, I want to continue the exploration of experience and awareness through, through our practice this morning with a slightly different flavor, same but different practice. So in mindfulness practice, there are many ways to pay attention. And as I was pointing to yesterday, and as we've been guiding in the instructions, one way is to um, focus the attention to specific discrete objects, starting with breath, sensations of breath, sensations of body. <clears throat> the first foundation of mindfulness. And as we've moved through the days, we've expanded that field of attention to include other phenomena, feelings, thoughts, etc. And that style of practice is particularly helpful in both understanding experience and also focusing the attention. Gathering, collecting, developing what's called samadhi, gathered, unified mind. And there are other ways to orient to practice, and I'm going to invite another way today, and which is more drawing on an open, spacious awareness. Open awareness present to the variety of phenomena <clears throat> that arise and pass. And sometimes in my own practice that I feel like there's two ways to begin. One is starting very particular, in this case breath or body, and broadening, widening. Another way is by beginning wide, broad, and then coming to the particular. And so listening to sound is a beautiful facet of mindfulness practice. It's a very key element of nature practice, where there's a lot of sound, less sound in here. Because sound invites a natural, receptive, open, spacious quality of attention. You can't do sound, you can't make sound happen. By nature, you simply relax, open, and sounds are known. Allowing attention, awareness to be spacious, open, receptive. So we'll begin by opening to sounds, and I have some bells in here, partly because there's not a lot of sound, so the sound that the bells will be like a little anchor for the attention. But I'm wanting to also invite, as I was pointing to yesterday, the, the effortless and spacious quality of awareness. Awareness is here, right now, knowing naturally, effortlessly, by itself. And so we're utilizing that spacious, receptive, natural quality of knowing in our mindfulness practice. And orienting to practice in that way can invite a quality of ease, of relaxation, of receptivity, 
and it can feel less struggle or less striving or less tiring because we're actually resting into the natural knowing rather than over-efforting into knowing, which can sometimes happen. So, beginning our practice, sitting relaxed, at ease in the body. So as you take your seat, you know, feeling your seat, feeling your sit bones, feeling your connection with the earth through your bones, muscles, flesh, feet, legs, buttocks. A sense of groundedness. Again, as I point to those sensations, you don't have to do anything. Awareness simply reveals, oh, sensing, touching, grounding, earth, here, just this. An opening field of awareness to sounds, to the soundscape, the silence, distant sounds, near sounds, sounds of my voice, sounds of the room. Sounds arise, notice how effortlessly they're known. being known in awareness. Resting at ease, open, receptive, alert. Aware how sounds arise and pass and are known naturally, effortlessly in awareness.
aware of sounds, aware of silence. Aware of sounds and the knowing of sounds. Knowing happening naturally, effortlessly. need to reach out to the sound, no need to think about, or visualize the source of the sound, simply attuned to vibration. To the ephemeral nature of sound. Sensing awareness like the sky, open, vast, clear, present to what arises and passes within that sky-like mind. Pleasant sounds, unpleasant sounds, neutral sounds, from the perspective of awareness, simply sounds, preferenceless. sounds, aware of silence, aware of that knowing presence of awareness, simply here, knowing, clear, illuminating.
Within this open awareness, other phenomena appear and can be known in the same effortless way. Sensations rise, felt, pressure, tingling, vibration, touch, coolness, warmth, achiness, density, lightness. coming and going in the same way that sounds appear and disappear, like touch points in space, known in spacious awareness, quite naturally. No need to reach out to the sensation. Simply rest in awareness and see how sensations are known. Inside, no outside, just phenomena, sensations, sounds, appearing, disappearing in awareness.
emotions arise and are known without effort. Sensations being felt, like touch points in space, known naturally in awareness. Same way, sensations of breath, ebbing and flowing, movement of air, happening by itself, being known effortlessly, naturally, in this receptive, open, spacious awareness. This orientation of open awareness, simply present to what's arising in the moment. And what arises changes moment to moment. Sounds arise, sensations are felt, breath is known. Ceaseless appearance and disappearance of phenomena. rest, this open, spacious awareness.
abiding in awareness, present, awake. sky-like nature of awareness, thoughts, images, arise, appear, momentarily flickering, moving through the sky like clouds. We abide in awareness, simply present, the clouds that come and go, thoughts, images, ideas, just momentary phenomena. No need to get rid of, no need to cling to, simply thoughts being known. Notice how thoughts in the light of awareness often fade, dissolve, what the content of the thought can rest in awareness, simply knowing, thinking as thinking, ephemeral and transient. wake up from being lost and consumed in thoughts, ideas, memories, noticing how awareness naturally resumes. Naturally knowing, even knowing of being lost or confused. Abiding in awareness, the nature of your own mind.
Let's have a presence, spacious awareness, always available here. In the same way emotions, moods rise like mist, like storms, like fire. And from the perspective of spacious awareness, sky-like awareness, simply moods, phenomena to be felt, to be known. Noticing how awareness has the capacity to hold any weather, any mood, any emotion. Spacious and steady like the sky. can also be present to awareness itself. Awareness, this clarity, this natural knowing quality of mind. Turn awareness to awareness itself. Be curious. What is this knowing? What is awareness that reveals? We can examine. Does awareness have a shape, a location, an age, size? gender, 
Ала. Awareness come and go, or is it simply here, abiding? Know directly for yourself, without thinking about it, and curious. This natural knowing awareness. Nature of your own mind. These last few minutes of the practice, abiding in awareness, present, seeing how phenomena arises and is known naturally. Nothing particular is calling attention. Rest in hearing, awareness of sounds, silence.
And as we bring this practice to a close, just noticing the influence of this particular orientation to practice. And the mystery of awareness that's empty, yet clearly present, cognizant, knowing, and findable yet here. That's the essence support for our practice. And as you transition, and please transition slowly as you move or open the eyes, particularly as you open the eyes, aware of seeing and how seeing is just another more phenomena, very, very strong phenomena, and how we can rest equally in the sense of knowing, of awareness, just sights, form, color, shape, movement being known. So no need to leave the, the quality of knowing presence. Sometimes when we open our eyes, we actually momentarily kind of check out in a certain way. See when you transition from meditation to post-meditation, there's a seamless continuity of awareness from interior orientation to exterior orientation. So, um, so in any retreat, in any, there's, there's a, we present a, a variety of practices and ways to practice. And so, as I mentioned at the beginning, beginning of the retreat, we're orienting towards a more focused attention, gathering, collecting the mind as the retreat unfolds, and we perhaps have more steadiness, more mindfulness, more concentration. We may find that sitting more with an open awareness, like it did today, with having sounds being the sort of entry point, doesn't have to be, but it's a lovely entry point to inviting that spacious, receptive quality of attention, and then simply present to what arises. And what arises is everything. Sounds, sensations, feelings, thoughts, breath, space, quiet, and so we can simply be present moment to moment. Um, and as I said, at times you may also be curious, what is it that's knowing? What is it that's allowing this knowing of mindfulness to happen? It's a slight refraction of the lens if that feels supportive. If not, let it go. And similarly, when you leave the whole and you walk, or whatever activity you do, bringing, you can bring that same spacious, relaxed quality of attention. And since we're on the last day, you may choose to open up the senses a little more, open up awareness, open the field of experience, and you're simply present to the flow of experience, flow of phenomena. 
I got a note from someone about um, uh, awareness fatigue, uh, which I think of as mindfulness fatigue, you know, and, and, and I think you know, this orientation of practice is one way to work with that fatigue. Sometimes the fatigue comes because we're trying so hard, we're efforting so hard, we're striving, we're trying to get somewhere, make something happen. And, and as I've been pointing to, there's also a way to actually relax and just see what is being known and what is being known and what is here. And we can actually relax into that so it's less exhausting. There was another question about the relationship between understanding emptiness and awareness and whether this, this orientation to awareness as pointing to, does that help explore emptiness? I think examining emptiness is a beautiful, examining awareness is a beautiful doorway into understanding emptiness, into the, both the empty, the um, insubstantial, ephemeral nature of experience. That awareness is, as I've been pointing to, here, but not, not a thing, unfindable yet present. And so much of phenomena, when we shift from the concept to the direct experience, we find there's an unfindability, and an ephemeral quality, which is one flavor of emptiness. There's many other facets of emptiness, how things dependently arise, but we'll leave that for another conversation. Maybe you can bring that question up in the group. So, just curious, what's here? Um, sometimes I just like to do a little uh, popcorn, um, just to see, like, one word, what's present in your experience from, from doing this sitting in one word? Just, just shout out, what's, what's here? Contentment. Contentment. Gentleness, pleasure, pleasure. Spaciousness. spaciousness, peace, roller coaster. Roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, all of it. Yeah, fizzing, uh huh, effervescent kind of, uh huh. Yeah, and of course many other things here too. But again, just noticing that each each practice, each orientation has its own flavor style and has a pro and con, you know, useful at times. And so a sign of mature practice is we discern what's useful. At times, a very simple one-pointed concentration on breath is the most useful practice. At times, opening up to open awareness, to spacious awareness, that relaxed orientation is what's needed or what's useful. So listening, discerning, perhaps flavoring the practice with more kindness and care is what's necessary because there's a lot of pain or tenderness. So listening as you go through this day to what's most supportive in your practice. So any questions this morning about instructions, talk, um, or anything else in your retreat life? Keeping your questions to your practice here, we'll be talking more about going home Sometime. <laughs> if we ever go home, I don't know. You can't move in, I'm afraid. Um, thank you very much for that meditation and the teachings last night. Um, having a bit of excitement and anxiety come up. Um, 
in open awareness, um, and, and I guess kind of during the talk yesterday, when I try to look back at awareness, I um, have a sense, I have sensations um, that feel, they feel spacious, they might arise like in my temple, they might be kind of like a ringing in my ear, just like much more subtle sensations than normal. Um, but to me, there's still like a feeling and a sensation. So it's still like phenomena, it's not actually awareness. And maybe this is what you're pointing at, but I feel like I'm never, I don't really know what awareness is. <laughs> and when I try to touch it, I feel like I think I'm touching it, but actually when I look more closely, it's actually just a different set of phenomena than is normal. Um, yeah, and so I guess I'm just trying to like understand the difference between awareness itself and open awareness and mm. um, yeah, some of these different things. If you have any commentary on that, that would yeah. be really helpful. Yeah. Well, the, you know, what we're pointing to right now is very subtle. And um, the, as I mentioned yesterday, the, the value is in the looking, not what we find in a way. It, it's the curiosity. And often what's more tangible is not, because awareness isn't a thing to be found or known, what's, what we see is the function of awareness. The function of awareness is knowing, is illuminating, is clarity. Right? So, so when we turn to look at, and I say awareness, we're so used to looking for a thing, but it's not a thing. But we can, we, can, we can intimate awareness by its functioning, by its clarity, by its knowing. And it has certain qualities, spacious, open, receptive. So I just invite the, the, um, the inquiry is really where the, the richness is. And it's, it's a, and it's an ongoing exploration because awareness is one of the mysteries of the universe, in my experience. And um, it continues to hold curiosity for me after decades of exploration because it's mysterious. It's very simple. It's here. You know, hear a sound, hear a bell. Knowing happens. It's awareness. And it's mysterious. So I just invite the, the curiosity and the exploration. Yeah. Yes, uh, hands, two hands at the back there. The uh, person with the orange sweater first. And then. Um, my question is around food. Food? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you ever notice how what you eat impacts your sitting and do you ever shape your diet and meditation um i guess this is coming from after multiple days of sitting i'm noticing breakfast is one of the most like energizing meals here mm -hmm. like there's a lot of energy packed stuff mm -hmm. and sometimes in my sitting right after breakfast i get this like 
rush of adrenaline. Like I just want to run out the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything is related, particularly food. Food is, you know, intimately impacting of our body, of our energy, of clarity sometimes. And yeah, and as we get more sensitive, we start to see the relationship. Like maybe you're used to drinking coffee and you don't even notice it and you drink coffee here and you get to the sit and you're like, mm, your mind's really, really bright and busy. Right? It has an impact. And the kinds of foods we eat. And if we eat, you know, good example, you have a big lunch or you have seconds of lunch, good luck for the afternoon, you know. It's just food coma time, um, which can also be true after breakfast. So that's why it's a suggestion for moderation uh, and just being mindful. What's, what's the wise amount to eat? I think the Buddha said, I think this was attributed to the Buddha, to eat um, uh, five, mouthfuls before you're full, five mouthfuls before you're full. So keeping a little space in the stomach. So yeah, so, that, so whether it's food or anything, we, we start to become more aware of how everything impacts everything else in a certain way. And so it just behooves us to be curious and then to listen to what, what really serves the body and what serves practice. And that's why, like in the, one, of the, one of the reasons in the tradition, there's no evening meal, because it actually keeps the body very light. And there's more lightness, there's more energy for practice. It doesn't work for every body type. So, yeah, so stay curious. And the person in front of you. <clears throat> Thank you so much for your teachings and thank you, Tina, for just being here and holding the space all the time. So um, I was doing the practice of awareness and I think I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit hole with being aware that the awareness is spacious and it's always there and it's aware of the mind that's creating the thoughts. And I'm getting a little confused between the mind in the awareness and um, try not to be dualistic about it. I'm wanting to think that perhaps the mind is more gross and it's awareness with all the obscurations and then that feels dualistic. So, and I'm trying not to bring the Buddhist concept of emptiness in there because it just confounds me and sometimes I wish I had never even been introduced to it. <laughs> and I just go, Fuck it, just go back to being present in nature. Uh -huh. So I'm wondering if you could help with the myriad of things I just presented. Yeah, yeah. Well, being present in nature is good. <laughs> and it will reveal a lot about emptiness and everything else that you said, but that's another story. Um, and so the, to keep, it's, it's very easy to get mentally you know, in knots about the stuff. And um, so simple is better if we can find that way. Um, to think of awareness simply as knowing. It's just the knowing quality, the clarity of knowing. And that reveals a lot of things, including mind, thoughts, mental phenomena. Um, think of mind, there's many different definitions of mind, and one of the challenges with Buddhist teaching is words are often interchanged. So awareness and mind is sometimes interchanged. In this context, awareness I'm pointing to is knowing, clarity. And mind, you could say, mental phenomena, thoughts, ideas, mind states, fixation, uh, reactivity, etc. 
Um, and so awareness is what's knowing all of that, knowing my thought, knowing mental activity, um, not separate from, but is, and why the orientation to awareness and to and, and how mindfulness strengthens awareness, that knowing quality, because that's where freedom lies, when we can be abide in awareness, present to whatever thought, emotion, distress, pain, fixation, when there's a clear knowing of that, there's space around it. There's, there's room for wise responsiveness to it. There's, there's potential for compassion in relationship to it. So, so that's why there's so much emphasis in this practice on strengthening awareness, strengthening that knowing quality, because that's what illuminates and is, a, is the doorway for freedom. So hope that helps. Very much. Thank you. Yeah, great, great. Well, I'm aware of time. I know there's some... Oh, <laughs> where's the mic? <laughs> uh, let's hear from the roller coaster, and then we'll... Um, uh, <laughs> and the, sorry if I didn't get to this side of the room. We'll, we'll hopefully you'll, we're gonna, you're going to be meeting with us in groups, so hopefully you can answer your questions there, please. Thank you for this time. Yeah. Um, I just have a question about uh, feeling tones and how mm-hmm. they fit in meditation. Yeah. Um, from my current understanding or experience, I feel this like uh, pleasant, neutral, unpleasant. It's kind of like mindfulness of my own delusion. Mm. Um, Why delusion? I, like um, choosing unpleasant, pleasant. Like I feel that there is really no separation. It's kind of like duality. Mm. So I'm kind of wondering how that fits mm. in uh, meditation. Yeah, so, so, the, so we haven't really talked much about the second foundation, Vedana, feeding tone, the, the, the the effective quality of experience that we experience every moment, but we don't notice most of it as pleasant, pleasurable, unpleasant, painful, or neutral. And it's just, it's sort of, it's not quite the raw data of experience, but close to, in that we, everything, you know, whether it's a bell or whatever, in that moment, we experience it with a tone, with a, with a valence. And it can, in one moment, this can be pleasant. Another moment, it can be unpleasant. Some people like that. Some people don't like that. It's 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 impersonal in that way. And it's the reason the Buddha gave it such a lot of importance. And he gave it one foundation of all the foundations you could have in life. He's like, this is a foundation. We don't even have a word in English for it um, because it's the seed from which reactivity is spawned. If it's pleasant. We rarely leave the pleasant with pleasant. There's a little wanting. There's a leaning into. There's a little grasping after. If it's unpleasant, there's usually a recoiling, an aversion, a resistance, a rejection, a hatred, a pushing away. And so we want to understand the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral nature of experience because that is the, is the seed for reactivity. And so that's what we're attending to. And so in your, in your day, just notice the gross times that you feel that. You, there's innumerable, subtle things we won't catch. But notice when things are pleasant and unpleasant, and then notice your relationship. And awareness will reveal that. And then we have a, we, we have a, we have the mindfulness provides a, a clarity in which to, how to respond wisely to the pleasant and the unpleasant. So that's the sort of orientation. Okay, I'll leave it there for now. Thanks. Thank you. So, um, 
So this is our last day of practice. Um, You've done a lot of beautiful, deep work to be here. So really be here. Like this is, as you know, hopefully get now, this is very precious. It's rare to have a retreat. It's rare to have silence and a supportive container and practice. And so drink deeply from this well of retreat, presence, silence, practice, abide with open awareness if that's helpful or whatever orientation to your practice is supportive. Um, and in the walking, you might also choose to be a little more spacious with the, with the quality of attention. Uh, and then the morning we'll have sitting and walking and yoga, and we also have the groups. Um, and just a couple of notes about the groups. So you please only sign up for one group. I heard that some people have signed up for two groups. If you've signed up for two groups, please remove your name. So there's space so that for everybody to come to a group. I'm just curious, how many, raise your hand if you wanted to come to a group, but they were full. Okay, great. So just come to a group. So whatever, if your name, if you, if your name, it wasn't space and you want to come to a group, just come to a group. Um, so, and hopefully we'll get time to answer all the questions. We might not, and, um, but there'll be value in being there anyway, I hope. Um, and then we won't get to answer all the questions, right? So, um, and then uh, this afternoon, the schedule will be the same until uh, 3.45, where, so we'll have our sit, we'll have walking and yoga, and then we'll have uh, some closing announcements. So we ask that everybody please attend, please come punctually at 3.45, and then we'll go back to the regular uh, schedule for the rest of the day, more or less. Um, but that, that period is time where we give you some important information about how we wrap up the retreat. So for now, have a beautiful day of practice. And the groups will start in a few minutes. We're running a little late, so we'll, we will just get there in a few minutes. <clears throat> Feel free to leave the the hall as you need. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.